0: Let's begin. Today, we are taking a trip to Michigan to chat with Amanda Barrett. Amanda is a best-selling author known for her historical novels and novellas. Her latest masterpiece, The Warsaw Sisters, is set to hit the shelves this November. So welcome, Amanda, and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much. This is such an honor and a joy to be here.
0: Amanda, you mentioned you hail from Michigan.
1: Yes, I do. Very gray and rainy Michigan today. So it looks like the typical autumn landscape, all the falling leaves and then the overcast skies. So that's the weather today.
0: Yeah, but it's still not cold.
1: No, it's I mean, it, we actually it was in the 80s over the weekend. So that was actually quite unusual for this time of year.
0: And Quito. Paint a picture of your hometown for our listeners.
1: So I live in a very small town. Um, it's um, very small, but it's a very close knit community. I was just thinking about that the other day, how much I love living in a community. We live next to neighbors that are very dear friends of ours. So we all help each other. You know, if we have a power outage, which happens quite frequently, and we just help each other through that. So it's really almost like that Walton's or, you know, Mayberry kind of small town community, very lovely, quaint downtown. And just a really, I go to a really wonderful church here. And so it's just this really great community and it's really a joy to be a part of it.
0: And Amanda, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, could you share a bit about yourself and what drives your passion for historical fiction?
1: Absolutely, So I like to say that I write novels that excavate those oft-forgotten fragments of history. I love searching for those hidden stories, maybe something that people haven't heard of before or a fresh angle on a familiar historical narrative. So I am super passionate about that. Um, My first World War II novel was called My Dearest Dietrich. It's about um, the love story between German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his fiance Maria. So many people know Bonhoeffer as like he was a pastor. He was a theologian. He was part of the resistance movement in Germany, and he actually was executed you know, for his role in that. But what a lot of people don't know is that he was engaged at the time. And so that novel tells that story. After that, my next novel kind of led into the same thing, which was Germany, which was the White Rose Resists. And it was about German college students, Hans and Sophie Scholl, and their role in the White Rose Resistance movement. Another of those little known stories that it was really just absolutely fascinating to explore. And then in January, I had my novel um, Within These Walls of Sorrow, which was set in World War II Poland, um, in the Krakow ghetto, and was the story of a pharmacist in the Krakow ghetto. So I'm so passionate about finding these stories and then being able to bring them into a narrative format, because I believe that fiction has this great power to create empathy and bring us into the world of characters and introduce us to history in just such a unique um, and personal, very personal way. So that is my writing. And like she said, I live in Michigan and When I'm not writing, I love to take long walks outside. I live in the country and so there are lots of lovely trails and I love catching reading. I have a massive to be read stack that is ever growing. And then I also enjoy watching um, historical films, everything from quaint dramas, like all creatures great and small to more gritty World War II things. So there you go.
0: Speaking of history, You mentioned being the great-granddaughter of Polish immigrants.
1: Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So I have this, you know, my, my, I've had now two books set in Poland, the one that released in January and the one that's just coming out. So I have just this really special heart for Poland's history and culture. The story of Poland, you know, during World War II is kind of, it's not very well known compared to the, you know, the narratives of other occupied countries yet Poland suffered devastating losses during the war and out of Poland arose some of the most courageous hearts. So, you know, being, you know, having this Polish heritage myself, I'm just, I love being able to just explore that history. It's very personal to me and bringing it to the page is truly special.
0: And have you had the chance to delve into Polish culture and traditions?
1: Oh, absolutely. So my beloved grandmother, she passed away when I was around five, but I still have memories of going down. They lived in um in the Detroit area in a Polish neighborhood, heavily Polish. And so she would buy homemade pierogi from her Polish neighbor who made them out of her kitchen. And we would be able to enjoy these authentic Polish pierogi about what you'd get if you, you know, went over there to Poland. And, you know, there were the Polish Christmas Eve traditions that my dad talks about experiencing as a boy, you know, all the special because for Poland, Christmas Eve is the really big celebration and so just I have even, even though you know she passed away when I was really young and I really didn't have the chance to know her like I would have you know that legacy in my dad and in extended family has just really given me this great you know touch point with my Polish heritage.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know that in addition to celebrating birthdays Poles also celebrate your name days I think that's so adorable because you can celebrate twice a year. I love that. Isn't yeah. that
1: fun? I did a lot of research about that while writing, you know, because my characters would need to, you know, they would be more focused on their name dates than their birthdays. So that was just really fun tradition, you know, the history of their name and the saint that their, na- that their name day was based on. So I think that's a really cool tradition.
0: Amanda, can you walk us through how your love for reading ultimately paved the way for your career as a novelist? So
1: my love for reading began around us. Four years old. Um, My mom would take me to the library multiple times a week. I would would get stacks of books and then come back a few days later wanting stacks of books more. And that was something that has always just been such a deep heart, deep passion of mine, too. You know, their story is just so powerful. You can travel through story, you can experience, you know, new places, new characters. And that was something that was really, I caught the magic of very early on. And that continued in my teen years when I fell in love with the novels of Jane Austen, Charlotte Bronte, Charles Dickens. And so that is, I, I just, for me, books are powerful. There's just the power of story is an incredible, beautiful thing. The way books can bring others together, the way if strangers can become friends over books. And I've had that happen with some of my dearest friends where we bonded over literature. So reading is so, um, so very close to my heart and writing, you know, just kind of flows right out of that. It just, it feels so incredibly special that I am able to write books that other that invite others to step into new worlds, to experience new things. And so I'm really grateful to be able to do that.
0: Yes, totally, totally. And your upcoming novel, The Warsaw Sisters, could you give us a sneak peek into the inspiration behind this book? And of course, what readers can expect when they dive into it?
1: Absolutely. So the Warsaw Sisters is the story of twin sisters and their individual journeys of resistance and resilience in occupied Poland during World War II. It explores events and heroes pulled from the pages of history, such as the daring network of women who rescued hundreds of children from the Warsaw ghetto, which was the largest ghetto in occupied Poland, to Poland's secret underground army that rose up in Warsaw in 1944 in this heroic and tragic 63-day battle for the city's freedom so it, it delves into all of these different historical events and but at its heart it's a story about sisters it's a story about the enduring bond between sisters and how that bond is complex and complicated and all of these things but at its heart you know it's it is abiding in the midst of everything and it's about women in war the theme of women's experiences in war is found in many of my stories and it's one that I continue to return to the way that Women experience war, you know, women, women are mothers, their wives, their sisters, and they, you know, they experience war as all of those things. And so it really, it's heartbreaking to research the stories of women in war, the suffering they endured, but also their incredible, astonishing courage that shows through time and time and again, and time and time and again, as I research the stories of real women in Poland during the war, you know, I came to discover that.
0: Absolutely. And Amanda, research plays a crucial role in bringing historical novels to life. Can you tell us how you went about researching the Varsal Sisters and ensuring its authenticity? So I am so deeply passionate about
1: authenticity because these are you know stories that are really heavily based on real events. And so I feel this incredible burden to portray history with as much accuracy and authenticity as possible. So my last novel, Within These Walls of Sorrow, was also set in Poland. So the research process kind of flowed seamlessly from that book into this one, as I just continued to delve deeper into these stories that I had uncovered. I read around a hundred books altogether, a lot of memoirs, nonfiction, diaries, letters, all of that just to immerse myself in as many individual stories, as well as getting the sweeping panorama, I wanted to capture the snapshot, You know, the individual story of an individual person and their, indiv- their thoughts and feelings as they went through the war and all of that that entailed. Um, I also accessed a lot of interviews that were made available um, by the um, various museums in Poland that commemorate the Polish resistance. And so I was able to listen to interviews by young women who were part of the Warsaw Uprising who served as couriers or nurses or combatants and hear their stories from them And that was extremely powerful. Probably my favorite moment throughout the research process, though, was I was actually able to visit a museum that houses a collection of artifacts related to Poland during the war and the Polish um, Home Army, which was their large resistance movement. And so I was able to see copies of the underground newspaper that girls used to carry in their school stash- satchels and distribute you know, very secretly. I was able to see armbands that the girls stamped that were worn by the soldiers during the uprising. I held a helmet in my hand worn by a young soldier as he was fighting in Warsaw in 1944. So that was really such a memorable, it made history so deeply tangible in those moments you know bringing it back that these objects these three-dimensional objects were held by people very just like you and me you know ordinary people with you know lives and relationships and yet they were fighting and caught up in these events that were so much bigger than themselves and so we, being able to just experience history in that way was incredibly powerful and lent
0: so much authenticity to the story congratulations amanda your dedication to authenticity is is very commendable
1: Thank you, I feel really, it's just so important to me to be able to just honor these real stories. I feel deeply humbled to be able to do so. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, considering the importance of remembering the past, especially events like the World War II and the stories of courageous women, as you were talking about from history, what do you believe is the most critical aspect of keeping these stories alive?
1: I think it's important that we continue to tell these stories. I mean, we think about the fact that every year we lose more and more World War II veterans and Holocaust survivors. And so people, you know, children 10 years from now are not going to have the opportunity to have a Holocaust survivor veteran visit their classroom and speak to them in person. So to preserve those stories while we can, you know, I'm I'm so um, honored and I love seeing when people like, you know, interview those people and record and preserve because that is so vital and imperative. And then just continue to tell those stories. I'm so passionate about speaking to young people about the Holocaust, about World War II, because, you know, we have to remember, you know, or else we're doomed to repeat. And so I think just to continue to tell and fiction is really to me, I see it as a stepping stone. It never replaces reading a memoir, listening to somebody's testimony, but it can provide that initial touch point, kind of as if you'd watch a film and then perhaps your interest would be piqued and you would go on to learn more. So that's really what I see, the part that my novels
0: play in all of that. And I remember to have been to the Holocaust Museum in Nuremberg, and that's very shocking. But we are in 2023 and conflicts still persist. Amanda, do you believe that humanity can still learn from its past and avoid repeating the same mistakes?
1: Absolutely, I think that we can learn. And I think what I draw again and again from these stories is the courage of ordinary people birthed by adversity. I mean, the people who, you know, these women who rescued Jewish children from the Warsaw Ghetto or the women who fought in the Warsaw Uprising, really, they were not here storybook heroines. They were ordinary people forced into a war they did not choose, facing these unfathomable circumstances, often facing the loss of the ones they loved. And they simply had to decide what their response to be. You know, they had to decide what they would do in the face of evil. And that's a response that we all have to make today. So time and again, I am just so inspired as I research and as I explore these stories, the stories of these ordinary people, yet they did these extraordinary things. And I think there are so many lessons we can draw from their lives and so many ways that their
0: legacy can inspire us today. And finally, can you share with us a little bit about the Varsal Sisters with us?
1: Yes, so the Warsaw Sisters is really just, it really pulls the reader into so much of the history. It explores the Warsaw ghetto, which was established in the autumn of 1940, um, where there were, you know, all the Jews in Warsaw were forced to move into a very small area of the city and live in play extreme overcrowding. There was extreme disease, there was extreme death between, you know, in a few a couple of years, around 83,000 people died from starvation and disease alone. And so that is, so my novel draws the reader um, into the that through my character of Antonina, who visits the Warsaw ghetto, and it also explores the Polish resistance movement, which was one of the largest resistance movements in occupied Europe. By 1944, there are around 350,000 soldiers all throughout Poland, all resisting the Nazis and doing these secret secret things. And so it really, it gives the reader through the eyes of these two young women um, growing up and becoming, you know, growing from girlhood to womanhood in a time of war, it walks the reader through this history. And you know, many of the events in the novel are inspired by the memoirs I read. Many of the scenes are drawn, you know, from fir- these firsthand accounts, you know, that I was able to blend into my fictional story. So it really explores history. And I just loved being able just to explore the history for myself and then bring it to the page.
0: And have you ever been to Poland? That is on my
1: dream list to do. I would have loved to when I was writing um my Within These Walls of Sorrow and at the start of the Warsaw Sisters, the pandemic, you know, was really in full swing. So people really weren't doing a lot of overseas traveling. So I wasn't able to do that. But that is something I would so love to do. I have an itinerary list that would take a couple of weeks. So I'd have to really narrow it down to be able to, you know, spit in everything I want to see. But I really want to because I know that I can read about it as much as I want, but nothing really compares to standing in those places and experiencing history in that tangible way. So I'm very much hoping to do that.
0: I hope you can go there. And Amanda, would you like to leave a message for our listeners today?
1: Absolutely. So I think what I would just like to say is thank you. Thank you for reading. Thank you for, you know, uh, without, you know, readers, you know, there would be no reason for authors to keep doing what they do. So thank you to all the readers who, for loving books, for allowing books to forge community and just for being, for taking the time to listen to this podcast. It's been such a joy to, you know, to get to know other kindred spirits. And so I'm really grateful for that. Thank you, Amanda.
0: For our listeners, How can they find you and, of course, your new book?
1: So I always invite readers to visit my website, amandabarrett.net. And I always there, they can sign up for my newsletter where I share all sorts of cover reveals, sneak peeks, all the first news giveaways. So I love to, I send out only a few newsletters a year and I love to be able to connect with readers on that in that community. And I also enjoy hanging out on Facebook and Instagram. So I invite readers to come and join me there as
0: well. And Amanda, I just want to say thank you so, so much for sharing your insights and passion with us today. For our listeners, I would like to say thank you again for tuning in and please check out Amanda's website and socials. And I hope you enjoyed this episode.